day, guys. Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Pinlin, on today, Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. It is March, guys. That means March Madness, and I am joined once again by Ben Gorenwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everyone? Conference tournaments have already started. The action is going. I can't wait to break some, break down some games with you, TP. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got screwed earlier today by the awful uh, free throw shooting of um, of uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes three for 11 from the line. Also had almost triple the turnovers of Miami. Barely lost at the end, so... You know, that's what happens in March Madness, man. Crazy things always happen. Uh, me and Ben got a good show for y'all today. We're going to break down the Power Five conferences for uh, basketball. We don't consider the Pac-12 a Power Five conference for basketball because uh, actually the Mountain West might get more teams in than they are. So we got the Big East in there instead for them. Um, before we get into things real quick here, me and Ben just have one quick thing on the NBA th- uh, side of things we want to talk about real quick, and that is... Ben, first off, first thing I have to say is Steph Curry's shot is absolute water. I mean, watching him in the three-point contest was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I mean, he didn't even look worried with how good Mike Conley did and the fact that he had to make four out of those last five three-pointers. I mean, that was one of the most just insane performances I've watched. But, Ben, how awful was that dunk contest? It was bad. I mean, it was bad from the very beginning. I mean, not only were there three contestants in it, you know, I like – that they're trying to get young guys or maybe they, maybe they have young guys because everyone else declined, but you, you have Cassius Daly who was my pick to win it, but like he's a two-way player. He's not – the average NBA fan who's going to tune into the All-Star game has no idea who this kid is. Obi Toppin, who was drafted top five, top ten by the Knicks, like a lot of people are going to know who he is from the draft, but he he's just not playing that much in the regular season. Thing. I'm fine with him. And then I didn't know Anthony Simons could jump like that. So it was pretty exciting to watch that. But he wins on a dunk. The The prop of the dunk is to kiss the rim and dunk it. He didn't kiss the rim. So I don't <laughs> understand what the scoring was happening. Like I, people are just, I mean, they're turning this, they're turning this down because there's no way that these three guys, there's no way any of these three guys were their first options. Right. I mean, people want to see Zion in this. He, he turned it down. Um, I, I just, I didn't like the entire thing. I didn't think any of the dunks made me like made my jaw drop or anything like that. Yeah, no, Ben, I'm with you on that one. No dunks made my jaw drop. I mean, it's kind of hard though. I feel like the dunk contest at this point, you got to have hyped up players in there. You know what I mean? Like Levine and everybody. I feel like they bring the hype and they bring everybody wanting to come and watch it. Like last year's was great with Derek Jones Jr. in it. I thought that was one of the most fun ones I've watched in a while. Um, you know, I feel he like was a, he of- was a return he was a return contestant as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like that is just people didn't want to watch it. I mean, I feel like the players didn't want to be there, so it made the dunk contest less less good. But I mean, at least trying to make the most out of what you had. Like, there is no way that Anthony Simon should have won with that dunk. He didn't even kiss the freaking rim. If he kissed the rim, I would have said give it to him. Like honestly, that would have been a legend. That would have been kind of a legendary dunk if he had kissed the rim. No one's done it yet. And like that, like they said, I forget who it was. I think it might have been. Uh, I think it might have been D Wade said he should just put the mouthpiece in and sent it. So you know he should have put the mouthpiece in and sent it. I mean it w- would have been hilarious to see. But yeah, that was pretty bad. But let's talk about something that'll be more exciting to watch. So first thing I want to say, guys, for those of y'all who are trying to get into college basketball today, only the ACC is playing. Um, I mean it's just it's the lower half. I mean obviously Duke is in the lower half. The ACC they're garbage this year, so they're playing. Um, 
Other than that, though, I mean, tomorrow will be fun to watch just for watching college basketball, but none of the good teams are playing again tomorrow. I mean, the ACC tournament will have decent teams, and all these other teams are going to have the bottom-tier teams of their conference playing. Just going to warn you all on that. I think Thursday through the weekend is all must-watch college basketball, but, I mean, tomorrow, if you miss out on some of it, don't be kicking yourself. But speaking of the ACC, that's where we'll start breaking things down. So, obviously, like we said, Pitt lost. We got Duke, who's already up by, like, 20 right now on Boston College. I'm not even watching the game anymore um ben let's start out here in this conference and first off you know florida state embarrassing loss for my squad to uh notre dame to close out the regular season virginia takes the number one seed um the odds um let me pull up the betting odds on this i believe virginia is the favorite at like plus 150 to win the acc i placed a future on my twitter earlier today on fsu at plus 250 to win the acc um who do you think is going to win the acc ben do you think virginia can defend their title I do think Virginia can defend their title, but I'm not going to pick Virginia. Um, this conference is, I mean, as all college basketball is this year, as most sports are, but this conference is not as strong as it <clears throat> usually tends to be. Yeah. Um, I love the position that North Carolina sits in, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, North Carolina's first game is going to be the winner of Notre Dame, Wake Forest, and then if they win that, they play Virginia Tech. I think that's a very winnable game for the way the Tar Heels are playing right now. And then if everything goes right for your Seminoles, if they can beat uh, Duke or Louisville, we would have a great matchup of Florida State and North Carolina in that side of the semifinals. I'm going to pick your Seminoles to win the ACC this year. Um, I love their depth. I love that they are a great defensive team, but they know how to score. And that's my issue with Virginia. Virginia is a tremendous defensive team as they always are under Tony Bennett they can't score the basketball and I do not love the Virginia matchup if they have to play Georgia Tech to be honest with you I think it's a I think it's a game that Virginia should win but I I think Tech can score on this Virginia Mm -hmm. team Tech's balling out right now but but I'm gonna have the Florida State Seminoles as my ACC champion Uh, I love their depth and I, I just love Leonard Hamilton. I think he gets it done in the crunch moments. Yeah, so I'm actually going to agree with you, Ben. I think Florida State, you know, I feel like Florida State, that loss, if anything, made us more hungry. I feel like the thing in March is you want to follow the storylines. You want to follow the teams that are hungry. Like Virginia, I'm on the podcast two years ago, I talked about Virginia going to the NCAA tournament and why I thought they were going to win it because they were hungry, man. They got bounced early to the 16 seed, obviously. Actually, not bounced early. They were embarrassed by that 16 seed. Then they come out in the ACC tournament and they lose on Friday night in their first game to Florida State. You know, they're pissed off and embarrassed. Um, I think it's the same thing here for Florida State. Florida State handled Duke and Louisville easily in the regular season. I see no problems there. Virginia Tech, I mean, they haven't played a lot of games. They were on pause because of COVID. So, you know, Virginia Tech, they're going to need this game against North Carolina. I agree with you. I think North Carolina can get there and play against Florida State. Florida State's going to be pissed off for the way we played in the second half and blew it against them. I think we can get to the final day there. And... I think that Georgia Tech is the next team that I would bet on is kind of my sleeper in the ACC. Georgia Tech's plus their um, plus uh, ten thousand. So I mean, if you put if you put a hundred dollars or plus a thousand, if you put a hundred dollars on them, you're gonna win a thousand dollars in Georgia Tech to win the ACC. I like that. I'm not betting that, but I mean, I like that as the sleeper team here. Georgia Tech played Virginia down to the last shot when they played them in Virginia. Then they also played them in Atlanta again. I think the final score is a little misleading, but Georgia Tech led the entire game and blew it at the end. I mean, Moses Wright, ACC Player of the Year. I think Georgia Tech's going to come out pissed off and whoop.
whoop Virginia in that game. On that is if both teams make it there, I think they'll beat them. But ultimately, I think Florida State can handle their business in the ACC. Like you said, you know, Leonard Hamilton, he always gets these guys playing well. I think it's time for this team to get rolling and roll on to the next round. And I think Florida State's biggest test, I, I think it's going to be if North Carolina reaches there because mm -hmm. North Carolina presents a lot of size. I, I don't think Virginia – Virginia does not have – I mean, they're, they're big – they're not strong. Like, they, they – Virginia is literally made up of, like, three players. It's – you know, it's Kihei Clark, who every single time he drives the basketball, he's going to pass it out for a three. Then you have Huff on the outside, and then you have Hausner, or however you pronounce his name, the shooter on the outside. Those are like the, the three guys that scored basketball for them. Florida State, I think, would dominate Virginia in the paint. <clears throat> so that that's – the paint presence from Florida State, the depth that they bring is, is the strengths that I think will ride them to an ACC championship. Hey, I agree with you completely on that one. Um, also, too, going back to what Ben said, I'm the biggest ACC advocate. It pains me to say it, but I'm going to have to agree with Ben. The ACC is down, down, down far this year. I mean, I would say us and Big East are probably tied for the two worst out of all these uh, conferences. I would put the, Fortunately, I'm going to have to say the SEC is better than us this year. Big, Big Ten is definitely better than us and the Big 12. I take great pride in my ACC basketball, but we suck this year. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Um, next conference here. Speaking of Ben's SEC, let's go with Ben's SEC here. Um, they're going to get things kicked off tomorrow with one game at 6 p.m., which is Texas A&M versus Vanderbilt. Um, not Probably not one anybody wants to tune in for. We do have some of the better teams in the conference playing, though, on Thursday night, which should be fun. Ultimately, Friday, though, when all the all the big teams get, go, get playing is when things are really going to get started. Alabama is the one seed here, which is Ben's team. I'll go ahead and start things off with this one. I'm going to go with Ar with the Arkansas Razorbacks here to win this conference. Um, I'm personally not betting anything on it. Um, Tennessee, to me, you know, Tennessee has had some bad losses. They've taken it on the chin. They're a good defensive team. Um, I think, though, that Alabama can will, will be able to handle Mississippi State or Kentucky fine. I think they can handle Tennessee or whoever, or Florida, or whoever they play there in that next round. Um I just feel like Arkansas's high-powered offense, and you know they have some first-round picks as well on this team. I think late first-round guys on the team. Um, I just think Arkansas is going to get things going, man. I mean, LSU can score the ball; they don't play a lot of defense. You don't know how that's going to work for you in a tournament environment when your legs get tired and everything. I think Arkansas and Alabama, the one and the two seed, will play each other. I just think that Arkansas, the way that they score on offense, that's going to be what gets them through to the net, through to the championship and winning it. So I see this conference as a three-team race. Mm -hmm. um, I see it as Alabama, I see it as Arkansas, and I see it as Tennessee. And I agree with you. I don't think Alabama is going to struggle with Mississippi State or Kentucky. Um, but those teams are, I mean, Mississippi State's not a great basketball program. Kentucky, mm -hmm. obviously, is they're playing better than they were in the beginning of the season, but they're, they, they should not beat Alabama. Alabama swept them this year. The thing with Tennessee is, and you mentioned it, they play great defense, but – they're exactly they're the SEC version of what we just talked about with Virginia. Mm -hmm. They can't score the basketball. I don't understand why Rick Barnes has not been able to figure out why they can't score the basketball this year. But I do think that's a huge threat to Alabama if those two teams end up facing off in the semifinals, um, because Alabama just I mean they embarrassed Tennessee this year. I mean when they beat them it, it was it was ugly. Um, Arkansas, in terms of betting, I think is the best pick to put as your SEC winner. Uh, the, they're the hottest team, which honestly means more than any stat any anybody could yep. ever provide you. 
for the month of March. They've won, I think it's 11 straight SEC games coming into this tournament. They blew out Bama, but it is worth mentioning that they got blown out by Bama as well. They're one-on-one against each other. And the officiating, and I would say both of those games, were horrific. Um, I remember the one in Tuscaloosa. It wasn't great. It definitely favored the Tide a little bit, but John Petty just would not miss that game. Um, And the Tide rolled. No pun intended. The game in Arkansas, the foul, the free throws, are you ready for this, was 43 free throws for Arkansas, only six for Alabama. Now, you're not going to – you can't tell me that that's fair officiating because there's no way there's no way a team is shooting 43 free throws versus six are all of them fouls there's just no way so i think it's really just those three teams alabama tennessee and arkansas to win it but of course i'm not going to pick against my school and i am looking into tickets to going to watching the tide play oh. hopefully in the semifinal and the uh, final on Sunday if they can reach there. So I'm going to pick the Alabama Crimson Tide. I do not have a bet on the SEC, though. Um, Yeah, they're playing in your backyard, Ben. You might as well go check them out. I mean, I wish the ACC tournament was allowing in fans or else I might go check them out as well. Um, Yeah, you know, I I think the sleeper team in the SEC is Ole Miss at that sixth seed. Ole Miss is a good basketball team. They've had a little bit of a disappointing year, a lot of COVID problems. But, you know, I think they can get past South Carolina – LSU, I mean, that LSU defense is not great. LSU can score the ball with anybody, but that defense does not show up sometimes. I think that they, if they can get past LSU and get to that game against Arkansas, I mean, anything can happen. So I think Ole Miss can make a little bit of a run. Also, Ole Miss is on the bubble, so you know they're going to be giving it everything they got. They're on the next four out right now. They're going to need two wins, so... I expect him to leave it all on the court. I'm also going to say this is betting advice. I don't necessarily if you want to be betting on teams on the bubble because some of these teams come in here with no pressure on them whatsoever. Like... I don't know if you like if you necessarily want to hit want to be betting on them, but I think they could make a little bit of a run here if they can win that first game against South Carolina. If they play LSU, if Ole Miss plays, if they beat South Carolina, and they play LSU, that is an over game, ladies and gentlemen. Take the over if Ole Miss plays LSU. Hey, I like the logic there, Ben. I'll definitely be smashing that one. Um, next game and next conference up here is. Oh, by the way, um, I, w- I meant to say this. Uh, Arkansas is plus 300. Alabama's plus 200. After that, it's plus 500 for Tennessee, LSU, and Florida. So that's kind of interesting that all of those teams have the pretty much the same odds to get past. Um, anyway, though, let's move now to, you know, let's go ahead and do the Big East. We'll save the best two for last. And let's start off here at Big East. So Big East is going to kick things off on Wednesday. you got Marquette versus Georgetown, Butler versus Xavier. DePaul versus Providence. Um, Xavier is on the bubble, so expect Xavier. I think they're they're on the um, – let me look at it. I got it pulled up for us right here. They're on the last four ends, so Xavier should be able to handle Butler. Butler's kind of garbage, but let's start off here with, with this conference. I'm going to say this. Villanova is the number one seed. Their point guard, senior Cole Gillespie, um, tore his, I believe it was his Achilles on the last game of the season. He is now out. He will not be able to play. Um, also, point guard Justin Moore has been officially ruled out and in hopes that they can get him back for the NCAA tournament. This is a Villanova team's not going to be able to score the ball. They scored 52 points in their season finale against Providence without these guys out there on the floor. They won't play till Thursday, though. Um, ben, first off, let's talk about who you got winning this conference. I like UConn. Um I, you know, their best player, is it James Bonite? Yep, Bonite. Yeah. Um, they're fantastic. They are fantastic. They are just a different team when that dude plays. I believe they're 10-2 and two with him. I think they're 4-4 four and four without him. 
uh, or something, some record that's related to that. I mean, he he's the he's the conductor that gets his engine moving for the for the Huskies. And with Villanova being this much injured, I I just really like the path that UConn has um, to at least have a chance at the final. And I and I think. You know, a school like this, I, I know it's a different coach. I know it's a different team. But when when UConn gets their chance, they, they don't, you know, squander it too, too often. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to take UConn because I like their positioning in this bracket. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Ben. Um, I tweeted out earlier today to bet on UConn, and when they're at plus 230, they're now moved to plus 200. So that's a good sign for us that we got on the right side of that one. But, yeah, I think UConn's going to roll in this one for all the reasons you said with Bogue Knight being back. But this is a good UConn team. I think they're going to make some noise in March Madness as well. Um, it might get blown for us here in the conference tournament, but still, though, I think this UConn team can definitely make some noise, and they're going to play well. Um, Villanova, like we said, has all those problems. Also, too, Creighton uh, coach... Uh, is it Sean McDermott or no Sean McDermott's the Bills head coach it's it's McDermott though it's great it's Doug McDermott's uh, dad I think Greg McDermott maybe um anyway he said some he made some racist comments um was suspended for one game I think this Creighton team's in a little bit of personal turmoil and I don't know how they're gonna bounce back from that to be honest with you guys kind of sketches me out a little bit on that one with them I would stay away from them uh St. John's I thought might have a shot as a sleeper team to win this They've kind of faded as well. Seton Hall is on the bubble. Seton Hall needs to win badly. So that's going to be an interesting 4-5 game right there. I would say one of those two teams that was your sleeper right there in the 4-5 spot, I would stay away from all the other teams in this conference. I mean, this conference is really, really hit or miss. I can tell you all this, though. DePaul and Butler are garbage this year. Don't take Butler just because of their pass runs. This is not your typical Butler team. No, I mean, you're right. But without a doubt, the number five seed Seton Hall and number four, um, St. John's of the sleepers because the winner of that matchup most likely gets to play Villanova, who's mm-hmm. who's a better team, but they are banged up. I believe they've had two injuries down the stretch, um, late in in their in uh in their season. So, listen, it's March. All you need is the chance. You put anyone in a semifinal game. If you make it that far, you absolutely can win your conference. So, um, I I, I really hope that we get the Creighton UConn matchup. Uh, in the semifinals on the bottom half of the bracket, um, I would like to, I would like to see Seton Hall play Villanova in the semifinals on the top half. So um, I'm I'm gonna roll with the UConn Huskies though. Yeah, that'd be huge for that'd be huge for Seton Hall because they're on the bubble right now. Seton Hall is on the first four out, so I mean if they can get two wins in there, they'll probably find themselves in the NCAA tournament. Also, too, back to what I was saying about Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech and Louisville are both in the last four buys, but I expect Georgia Tech to take care of business. Louisville, I don't know so much about that one. Um, next conference up here, we're going to go with, in my opinion, the best conference in college basketball. I know everybody loves the Big Ten and all their teams, but I give this one the this one the nod because I think they have a couple underrated teams, and also they have the second-best team in all of college basketball. That is the Big 12. So the Big 12, they kick things off on um, the 10th, which is uh, is the 10th. See, it's the, yeah, so the 10th is tomorrow. So tomorrow we will be getting some Big 12 basketball. We have number seven, Oklahoma. Mayab, they have fallen versus number 10, Iowa. And then eight, TCU versus number nine, Kansas in the first two games. I mean, Kansas State. 
Um, so let's get into it here, Ben. Obviously, I think we both have the same team winning this. I'm going with Baylor Bears. Um, I think West Virginia is a good – West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas are all good sleepers. I'm going to have to pick one of them, though, and I'm going to go with the Texas Longhorns. Texas plays really good defense. They're a deep team as well. They have a lot of good guards, good big men inside the Jericho Sims. But I like Andrew Jones and Greg Brown and what they do on the perimeter, the way they hit the three-point goal, and the way they play defense. In these conference tournaments, you get tired. If Texas can win against Texas Tech – and get to that next game. Kansas is going to be without one of their three best players who's been ruled out due to COVID-19 protocols. Therefore, I think that Texas can get behind Kansas pretty easily and get to that championship game. And I mean, with defense like that and tired legs going into a conference championship game, that's what you love to see right there for Texas. Texas is good value on them. But I mean, Baylor's the best team in college basketball. It looked a little rough when they came back from their COVID shutdown, but I think that game on Sunday was the exact reason why they're so good. Macy Oteague hit like seven threes. Um, so did uh, Mark Vital. He hit like three or four threes. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, Jared Butler hardly even got a play because he's in foul trouble. And that's how deep this Baylor team is. Um, they also have Mitchell as well. Who Me and Ben were wondering if him and Donovan Mitchell were brothers because they both wear 45. But it's just a strange coincidence. But, I mean, this Baylor team, guys, is legit. I think that Baylor and Gonzaga are on a level above everybody else. People are texting me today, asking me for sleeper teams. I said, trust me, don't even look into it. It's Baylor, Gonzaga, and everybody else. One of those teams wins it all, I promise. It's it's a crazy situation. I, I definitely think Baylor, um, obviously they're the favorite. I think Baylor's definitely the best team in this uh, conference. I don't particularly think it's that close. Uh, I don't think there's a second-place team that I, is consistently as good as them. So I'm going to pick Baylor to win this as well. But the winner of the West Virginia-Oklahoma State game and the winner of the Texas-Texas Tech game, I think it are your biggest sleepers. I think Kansas is going to be out of this thing um, with McCormick not being able to play. The winner of Texas-Texas State, I think, is going to be fascinating because it, Texas Tech is a team that they're not going to be as talented as Texas, but – they have Matt McClung, who's proven he can hit the big shot in the final moments of games. He's done it multiple times this year. At Texas Tech, when they get on a hot streak, this team can just shoot from the three. And so if they can beat, if they can upset Texas, I, I think Texas Tech can go all the way to the final. I don't think they're going to win this conference, but um, I think that's a special team. In terms of Texas, you mentioned it. Their defense is outstanding. Um, they have they have big name players. They have some veteran players. Andrew Jones has been there for a couple of years now. Um, I, I think Shaka Smart will win this first round matchup against Texas Tech, but I don't think it's going to be very easy. In terms of the four five matchup, this is probably my favorite matchup in terms of like first round matchups. I guess it's second round for any conference. This game is going to be incredible between Cunningham and Boone for Oklahoma State and all their role players, but those are the two main players, versus a West Virginia team who is not press Virginia like they almost always are under Bob Huggins. This team can score the basketball, and it starts with Culver in the middle. Now, I think either one of these teams can beat Baylor in a conference tournament. I don't think they're good enough to necessarily win it on March Madness, or if they play Baylor in March Madness, I don't think they would beat them. But in a conference tournament – when the smaller teams have a little bit more to play, don't sleep on them. But Baylor just won their first regular season, I think, ever. Yeah, they did. I I think all eyes are dead set on making this. I'm assuming 
they've never won the conference championship either. I I, have, I don't know that for a fact. Do you? No, they haven't. Kansas always wins this conference. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. I think Baylor is going to get past everyone and win this conference. But I do think there's there's I think there's four te- I think there's three four teams that can challenge them. I really do. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be brutal. Whoever wins this is it's not going to be easy. I don't even care if Baylor, who's the one seed, if they win it, they are not going to blow out every single team. I, I don't think there is an easy game for Baylor in this tournament. I really don't because they're going to have to play. Well, except for the first one that they're going to play because they're going to play TCU or Kansas State. They should win that. Then they get the winner of West Virginia, Oklahoma State. And then they're in the semifinals. So I really don't think Baylor, outside of their first game, is is I think it's a gauntlet. I really do. No, I mean, I agree with you completely. I mean, Baylor versus Oklahoma State surging right now. I mean, Oklahoma State beat West Virginia last week without Cade Cunningham. Cunningham's going to be playing. By the way, we didn't even bring this up. It's kind of weird. Oklahoma State still has yet to get a ruling from the NCAA if they're postseason yep. eligible or not. So, I mean... Literally, they but, it, can, but if they don't hear, they're in. Yeah, so I mean, like, literally, imagine if the NCA is just like, nah, y'all can't play. Or, like, honestly, I hope the NCA does us a solid just one time and is like, okay, Cade Cunningham's just one player of the year. I mean, he's clearly going to go first in the NBA draft. Like, let's see what he does in March. You know, I mean, Cade Cunningham. Well, so what's what's going to happen if Oklahoma State wins this conference? Because for the people <laughs> that don't know, if you win your conference tournament, that's an automatic bid yeah. into March Madness. So. If they win it, which is a possibility, they are good enough to win this conference. No, that's uh, not a conference saying. tournament. What are you going to say? Like, sorry, like you can't get in now. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, if you're Oklahoma State, win your damn conference and don't worry about the ruling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Oklahoma State's in regardless, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy too how these teams are playing for all the seeding. I mean, these teams are can move up and down the seeding a lot. I mean, there's a lot at stake this weekend in this tournament. I mean, it's going to be. This is what's going to be on my TV on Thursday night, isn't it? This, I mean, I'm a huge NBA guy. NBA's back, obviously, on Thursday, but we ain't got time for that. It's March, baby. We're all in on college. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun one to watch, guys. Trust me. This is what you're going to want to tune into this weekend, and this is the other conference you're going to want to tune into, especially on Friday, is the Big Ten, which, in my opinion, is the next best conference. I mean, this conference is crazy stacked too. They're going to kick th- tip things off tomorrow. You're going to have Minnesota versus Northwestern, Nebraska versus Penn State. I mean, Minnesota and Northwestern both aren't slouches. That'll be a decent game. But the next day is when things get interesting. Maryland at this point, I mean, they've slacked off a lot. Michigan State's on the last four in. I mean, you got Ohio State, who's been on a cold streak, losing four in a row now. I mean, you got Indiana, who played their way out of the tournament at this point, unless they can make a deep run. I mean, you got all these teams competing to get up and down in the seating and everything. Well, let's make some sense of everything that's going to go on here, Ben. So... Obviously, the one, the two seed here with Illinois and Michigan are the two best teams. Um, so I actually have for you guys the one of my value bets of this entire podcast. Take Illinois to win win the entire thing. I mean, my my book is definitely a little jacked up since I have to bet locally because I am uh, in a state where gambling is currently illegal because I'm in Georgia. Ben just grabbed Illinois though plus three fifty to win the conference, and so Illinois. So first off, Iowa's. Second best, pl- so they have two good perimeter players, which is Wieskamp and McCaffrey. Wieskamp is probably not going to play, and even if he does, he's a bad ankle sprain. He's been a walking boot all week. So Illinois pretty much, so, I mean, there's no excuses. Illinois should be able to get past Iowa. They should be able to get to the championship game. And then at that point, you get to the championship game, you have 3-1 to one odds on Illinois. You can perfectly hedge your bet by taking the other side, who might even be an underdog. But, Ben, who do you think is winning this conference? 
Well, I'm taking your advice, and I've, I've actually already placed it. I took Illinois. But, you know, I'm not just following your prediction. If you look at this bracket, they who is challenging them? I, I mean, it, until they play Iowa, which presents some kind of challenge because they have the National Player of the Year or the guy that's expected to win the National Player of the Year, um, Luke Garza. But Illinois has a dude that's even bigger. And Luke Garza, and if I'm not mistaken, the first time they played, or the last time they played each other, Luke Garza didn't do anything on uh, Kofi, on Kofi, uh, what's Coburn? Coburn. Co- Coburn. Um, I mean, I I haven't watched a ton of Luke Garza this year. I watched a lot of him last year. In the most recent games I've watched of him, it was against Illinois. It was against Michigan, who has Dickinson, who's a little bit bigger uh, than Garza. Garza didn't do anything against guys that when he plays against guys that are his size, he does not ball out. Like he, he almost puts up Lamar Jackson, uh, not Lamar. Uh, well, I guess that I was gonna say Lamar Jackson numbers, what he did in his MVP year, he dominates every average and bad team out there. But when he plays these big men who are the bet, the, you know, the second and third best big men in this conference, well, he's not as good. I mean, Dickinson from Michigan shut Luke Garza down. I think he only had nine or 11 points in that game. And then against Illinois, Luke Garza was just nowhere to be found. So, you know, I, I like the strategy that, that Illinois has been able to play against Iowa. So I like this matchup. And if they play Iowa, if it goes chalk all the way to the semifinals and they're playing Iowa, they in the championship from there. Uh, when I look at the other side, you get Michigan State, who's just on a tear. No shocker. It's the month of March. That's Tom Izzo's middle name. His, his name is Tom March Izzo. Yep. He's great coach in March. You get Michigan. Michigan's tremendously tough, but Michigan State just beat Michigan. Yeah. I would expect Michigan to come out and absolutely destroy Michigan State if they get to play because Jawan Howard will have his team ready for that revenge game. I don't think Illinois or Rutgers presents – a challenge to Illinois. Speaking of Indiana, I, I would be very, very shocked if they don't fire Archie Miller. Um, it's time to go. He, he's not winning. Like it's, it's at this point, it's, it's bad. Um, the way they finish years under him, it's, it's really bad. Um, the Ohio State Purdue matchup, if, if that's what we get, that's what we should get, is going to be outstanding to me mm-hmm. because I think the winner of that can challenge Michigan assuming it is Michigan, a little bit more than Iowa is going to challenge Illinois or even Wisconsin or any of those teams. The bottom half of the bracket, I don't think Illinois has Wisconsin or Iowa or Indiana, even though I'll throw them in there. I don't think those three teams present that much of a challenge to Illinois like Ohio State, Purdue, and and Michigan State could do for Michigan. So I think Illinois has got a little bit easier run to the tournament. And I, boy, do I hope we get Michigan-Illinois in this finals because that is an incredible, incredible matchup. No, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that that's going to be crazy. I mean, there's so many crazy storylines in this. Uh, there's so many, like, crazy storylines within this Big Ten and the Big Ten tournament. You know, like, Michigan has got revenge on Michigan State. Michigan, So Michigan and Michigan State, they played each other on Thursday and they played each other again on Sunday. So... Um, I was actually ended up having Michigan plus State plus eight, but Michigan State actually has has more wins against top ten teams than any t- other team does in all of college basketball. Crazy enough, um, so I mean that's going to be a crazy matchup to see what happens there. But I agree with you. I mean, 
I think like Ohio State. Like think about think about how weird the Big Ten's been. Like Rutgers started out out the gate. Like Northwestern was in was in the lead of the entire conference. Now they're the twelfth seed. I mean. Rutgers at one point in time was ranked inside the top, was almost a top 10, 10. team, and now they're seven. Yeah, actually, they were number 10. Now they were number se- Yeah. I think they were seven or 10 or something like that. Yeah, they were. Now they're the seventh team in this conference. Like, Ohio State was number three in the nation. Now they're a five seed in their own conference. Like, Wisconsin was it was number eight, and actually, they were even number four at one point in time. They're a six seed. Like, there is so many good teams. It's prop- this conference is so top-loaded, but... I really think Illinois is the best team in this conference. I think Michigan is the next best team. As my sleeper, though, I'm going with Purdue, man. I mean, this Purdue yeah. team is really, really good. They have excellent guard play. Um, Travi- Travion Williams, their point guard, just made the all-Big Ten team. He's beast. I would not sleep on him. I mean, they have so many good players, though, on this Purdue team. Um, Zach Eady and J- Jaden Ivey made the all-freshman team. So, I mean, this is a young they, Purdue team. To, to they have so much size mm-hmm. that can cause so many problems and that's why i think if they can get to the semifinals and so let's say they play michigan that that's a challenge because michigan likes to bully people in the paint i know that michigan has a you know four or five guys that could just spray from the three but um what's his name's brother uh what the wagner brother oh um, yeah or the um, wagner brother yeah from michigan i'm blanking oh, on his honestly. name right now Franz, thank you. He's a shooter, but he doesn't shoot the ball as well as like Livers and some other guys on Michigan. So he likes to get in the paint. Well, Purdue just—I mean—they have like eight-foot guys in their mm-hmm. paint, and that's gonna—it's it, Dickinson's gonna have to clear the paint for Michigan when they're trying to drive, and I think that's gonna present a challenge. Now, I agree with you. I think Michigan is very, very, very talented. I actually have Michigan as the most talented team in the big 10, but I think Illinois based on their experience, I mean, they're, they're two guys that have been playing together for a couple of years now. And I think they're just going to dominate. I really do. Yeah. See, I, I'm going to agree with you on that one, man. I just think, I just think the big 10 is so stacked up. It's going to be fun to watch. There's going to be a lot of parody. Ultimately though, I'm going with Illinois for all the reasons that we have stated this entire thing. Um, let's talk, a, let's talk a little bit here about the bubble. So, on the last four in right now currently sits the Drake Bulldogs. Um, unfortunately for Drake, they played well in this conference. They could not beat Loyola Chicago, who will be another Cinderella story in this March Madness tournament. Um, I'm going to say this about Drake, though. I don't think Drake should be in. So their best player, his name leaves me right now, their point guard, he's out for the season. I think Drake should not be allowed in for that reason just because they're a different team with him without him. I think they'll be a great team and a great story next year. Um but ultimately, I mean, it's going to be crazy to see what happens in all these tournaments with the last four in, first four out. You know, there's going to be a ton of teams that shouldn't lose and get upset. It's going to be a crazy week. Um, ben, what would you give as advice to people who are tuning in and kind of betting on these games? Any specific advice? You mean for like the mid-major teams or just kind of in general? Just in general for March Madness this week. I mean, the the, the stuff that I like to look at is one – what, what have you done in your last 10 games? Because I'm a big believer that the hotter you are in March, the larger chance you have to advance each day. Now, I say each day because if you look at the larger picture, when the brackets come out, whether it's conference bracket or the March Madness bracket, you can find yourself in trouble. It is one game at a time. Do not look at who you're going to play next. You play the person in front of you, and you beat them. That's the best advice, if I was a coach, that you can give to a team. So I look at what have you done in your last 10 games. 
what have you done against the teams that are uh, what the experts consider like quad one wins? So what does that mean? That means it's basically anytime you play a great team, whether it's home or on the road. If you don't have experience in the regular season playing against good teams, then why would I expect you to just randomly do it when you get your first chance, right? So that mm-hmm. plays for a lot of the smaller teams. And a team that's on the bubble right now that I think is very interesting is Western Kentucky. Now, why do I know about Western Kentucky? Well, they beat Alabama in the beginning of the season. And Western Kentucky, if they can win their conference tournament, they're going to be in, and that's a team that could do some damage. Yeah. Um, I, I That would be a team. So Western Kentucky, um, let's see what Wichita State can kind of do in their um, tournament, but you know, I don't think necessarily Drake should just be automatically out now that they're if they're in now. I don't think just because their last player or the best player got hurt, I don't think you just take them out. I don't think that's fair. But Drake was a team that was unbelievable against the spread in the regular season. At some point, I was even writing them. I had like thirty Twitter followers <laughs> riding the Drake train. Yeah. Uh, because they were just so good at that. They're clearly a different team without this guy. And it's the same point we mentioned when you and I were talking about UConn with Bo Knight. They're 10-2 and two with him. They're 4-4 four and four without him. So teams in college basketball, it one guy can really make a difference. Um, that is not the case for Oklahoma State, though. But so with these, with these bubble teams, uh, just with advice, I mean, listen, I know people that fill out brackets that don't know anything about basketball. And quite often, more than not, they have a better bracket than me at the end of the day. There's no formula for March Madness. If you want to think you have one, you can share it with the people. I don't believe there is a formula. Yeah. Also, back to what you're saying about Western Kentucky, Marshall, Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, and UAB literally are all from like plus 300 to like plus 500 to win the conference. So that conference could be a complete crapshoot. Like literally all those oh, teams yeah. pretty much have the same things and they're all going to be playing for bids. I mean, some of the, they might get two teams in there. I mean, Western Kentucky played a few less games than some of the other teams, but Western Kentucky also has a couple better wins than some of these other teams do. But I'm with you on that one, Ben expect the unexpected. I do want to say this though. I really do think that Baylor and Gonzaga are much, much better than everybody else. We'll see how true that holds. It is March. Anything can happen. I mean, I still think to this day, probably the most talented just NBA-wise college basketball team we've ever seen was the Kentucky team with John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, and Patrick Patterson. I mean... Wasn't Devin Booker on that team too? No, Devin Booker was on the um, Carl Anthony Towns team. I mean, yeah, the Devin Booker Carl Anthony Towns team. I mean, they didn't even lose a freaking game until the Final Four. They lost by like two points. I mean, when you think about how stacked up all those teams were and everything, they didn't even win the title. I mean, Kentucky's only team they won with was the Anthony Davis-Michael Kidd-Gilchrist team. So just think about that. Expect the unexpected. I mean, we had Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins on the same team for crying out loud. They didn't even win, but that's because Embiid was out for March. But, I mean, still, it's it, anything, anything can and will happen in March. Nothing is guaranteed. Yeah, and, and since we're talking about March, there's a couple of things I do want to mention. Um, Thomas, his Instagram name is tpenland23, tpenland23. If you go to his story right now, or you can go to mine, my name is Ben Gorowitz, 
on Instagram. It's on both of our stories. We are going to be running a bracket competition. And so feel free to DM us on Instagram, Twitter, however you want to get in text us. If you have our numbers. Uh, if you would like to submit a bracket, we're going to do $10 entry per bracket, two brackets max. So you can enter two different brackets, $10 each. And if we get enough people, the top five people are going to be paid out. We'd like to get anywhere between 80 to 100 people in this. So if you love filling out brackets, it's very easy. You can literally download the March Madness app and fill it out electronically. And we'll set it up and we'll have a pool for you. So it's $10 entry per bracket, two bracket entry max. It's on Thomas Penland's Instagram story. Yep. It's on my Instagram story for, for more information. Yep, make sure everyone gets in on that. We probably should have started out the podcast with that. Next one, we definitely will. But yeah, guys, let's have fun with it, guys. It's March. Let's do this thing. We'll see y'all.